Hello and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker and I'll be talking with you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Hello, everyone. Um, you guys will probably see we've got uh, we've got new guys coming into the room ongoing. So uh, I'm just going to get rolling, and uh, whoever arrives late is going to miss out. So I'm Damien Deeker, and I am the head coach of the School of Attraction. Now, um, you know tonight's event, um, as you would have many of you would have seen, was changed from a seminar to a webinar because we've had such a massive uh, request number of requests from guys in the state and guys who uh, weren't able to make it into the city. On time, I thought, you know what, I'm going to run this online. Because it's online, I'm not going to make this a three-hour event. Um, listening to anyone talk for like three hours online would, would bore you to tears, even if the information's good. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk really, really fast. And because I'm going to talk really fast, because I want to condense everything down, I don't want to give you less information because it's, it's online rather than offline. I'm going to get through it as quickly as I can. But because I don't want you guys to get caught up trying to take notes, I've made the session slides available to you. Um, you should be able to see that on your screens, guys. Go ahead and download those session slides because you know a lot of the notes you're going to want to need from this are going to be there. Now, um, you know the inspiration um, for, for tonight's talk, it really comes from my own history. And tonight's talk is really, it's an area where I am really, really, really passionate about. In fact, it's probably one of my favorite topics it is probably my favorite topic because it, it, it's so close to my heart uh, with what I've been through. Um, you know, some of you know me, but for those who don't, you know, when I was a younger man, when I was a younger guy, you know, I, I was in a relationship where um, we're talking uh, 15, 16, 17 years old here. I was in a relationship where I was I was the bitch in that relationship. You know, I was, I was owned. I was a yes man. I did everything she asked me. You know, she said jump. I said how high. You know, and I, and I I never felt like much of a man, and she never felt like I was a man either. You know, I, I, I it was a horrible, horrible relationship, and when that one ended, you know, unsurprisingly, she she cheated on me and dumped me. Um, I was shattered, but after that, I started to get really angry at women. You know, I was really mad at women in general, and and I started going out and sort of learning, sort of PUA, pick up artist stuff, um, to try to get good with women and. And, and I was going out and I'm ashamed to say, but I was kind of lying and playing games and doing this stuff to try to get girls in the bed. And I had, you know, I was getting some success. I was doing okay. There was lots of hot women, but there were all the women I was meeting were not their headspace. They were a bit all over the place, came with a lot of baggage, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I wanted more from my life. And, and, and I started studying really heavily an area of self-improvement that had nothing to do with women, but it's called men's work. And men's work was the study of what it means to be a man, like a man, like not in the chauvinistic sense, but just to really feel like a masculine guy, you know, the kind of guy that other men want to be around, the kind of man that women want to get near, the kind of man that feels masculine, that feels centered, that feels like he is who he's meant to be. And as I get really heavily involved in that work guide, it, it, it changed my life. You know, I went from being a guy who was angry at women to being a guy who not just loved women but loved himself, like like that, that knew who he was, that didn't wasn't never felt like he was an imposter trying to pretend something that he was something he wasn't, um, 
and that was a big change in my life. And that was really the, the cornerstone of why I started School of Attraction because I realized that it wasn't just about meeting women, you know, learning to attract women. It, it isn't just about that. It's about developing yourselves as men. And because that was so pivotal to me in my own self-development, I wanted to sort of talk about this right here tonight. Now, um, you know, over the night, I'm going to talk about a number of factors, a number of factors that contribute to you feeling like a man and not just feeling like a man, but, but, but having women see you in a very, very different light to how they probably see you now. And if you use what I give you tonight, I guarantee you're going to see a massive shift in a very short period of time, but it's not going to be easy. The stuff that I'm going to tell you about tonight is often hard to do. It's easy to understand and hard to implement because it, it, a lot of us have these big emotional blocks. And I'll explain how that's why, and I'll give you some personal examples from my own life of where I found it so difficult. Um, you know, Before I go on, one last thing I want to say, guys, is um, – I'm not perfect. You know, I'm delivering this stuff as a guy who's, who's worked for the last, you know, 10, 11, 12 years of his life on this stuff exclusively. And, you know, I'm still learning. I'm forever a life student. And I think that everyone should be. But the reason, too, that I say that I'm not perfect, that I don't always get all this stuff right, is that you shouldn't beat yourselves up if you make mistakes. If you learn what you've done tonight and you implement it and you still trip up, you still make mistakes, things still go wrong. That's part of life. You'll never be perfect. You'll never be a completely perfect, quote unquote, man. That's not how it works. But if you understand what it is that, that you can do, how it is that you can behave, and what it is about you that you can connect with that's going to make you feel like a man, then you can do that more and more and more in your lives, and you will notice a big shift. And, and so, yeah, I just want to make clear, you're never going to be perfect. You're never going to get all this stuff down pat. Um um, yeah, so look, let's get rolling. As I said, I'm going to share some stories from my own life of where I've tripped up, um, sometimes recently, sometimes in the past. Um, let's get rolling, guys. To start with, I'm going to ask you, well, I'm going to sort of present three questions for you guys all to think about, and I'm not going to answer them yet. I'm going to revisit them at the end uh, of the talk tonight, okay? So I just want you to, I want them to sit in your mind. I want you to mull them over. So the first statement that I'm going to throw out there, and you, I'm just going to see if you agree or disagree. Um, all women want the man who is the confident alpha male. Now, I'm not saying this is what I believe. I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I just want you to see how you feel when I say that. The second statement I'm going to put out there is women are generally only after men who are wealthy and or powerful. Have a think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? How does that statement even make you feel? Does it make you feel something good or bad? And statement three, being candid and open about your sexual desires is sleazy and you're best off hiding it from women if you don't want to be badly judged. Now, whether you agree, there's two things I want you to think about here with these three questions. One is, do you agree or disagree? But two, when you're out there in the real world, does part of you feel like these are the truth or a lie because there's a difference between logically knowing and emotionally feeling that these are true or false and thinking and, and thinking logically that these are true or false so how do you think about these statements and how do you feel about these statements so i'm going to revisit these at the end i just want you them to mull over in your minds for now um now at the cornerstone of everything i'll be talking tonight is this idea of sexual polarity and um, you know, those of you who may have sort of studied this before, it's this idea that you have 
in essence, you have a masculine core and you have a feminine core. And, and that isn't to say that one is male and one is female, but it is to say that most men have what you call a masculine core. And most women have what you call a feminine core. And, and I don't want to get into the um, the kind of spiritual side of this. I really want to get into the science side of this, which is to say men and women are fundamentally different. We have very we have a radically different um, ratio of hormones going through our bodies. We have quite obvious different uh, uh, brain um, 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 neural structures, the, the different sizes and different uh, linkages between different parts of the brains are very obvious. They're there and they're, they're easy to see and easy to spot. Um, we are built differently. And, and, and knowing this or understanding this and agreeing with this and coming to terms with this is, is critically important because it was really big in the 70s and 80s with the feminist movement to deny this fact that the women and, and men were different. Um, and what has, that's meant is that in modern day society, you'll find that we've kind of found this men and women are in this really, um, uh, dysfunctional blend of men, not knowing what it is they need to do to be masculine. You know, they're supposed to be a sensitive new age guy. They're supposed to be a, an ignorant dominant gorilla like alpha male, you know, women, are they supposed to be, you know, the, 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 the old fashioned whore in the bedroom saint in the kitchen? Are they supposed to be the, the businesswoman who has all the answers? Are they supposed to be the Wonder Woman who can, can juggle kids, family, career, you know, all that stuff at once? What is it? Is that feminine? Is it not feminine? What is it? And so in modern day society, we're very confused because men and women are often taught we're supposed to be the same. We're supposed to follow the same sets of desires and the same sets of wants and needs. And it's just not true. So at the heart of this is understanding that there is going to be a difference. And, and you all know that instinctively anyway, but it's important. I really want to put it out there. And the reason why I have a yin-yang symbol is that I also want to remind you all that just because you have a masculine core doesn't mean that you're not possible, that you're not capable of engaging with your feminine side, with those sort of the more feminine behaviors. And I know a lot of men, and myself included, especially in the past more than now, we can easily slip into those more what I'd call sort of quote-unquote feminine behaviors and when we do that, we find ourselves feeling less and less masculine. And oftentimes, we don't even know that we're doing it. We just know, I don't feel manly. I don't feel masculine. I don't feel connected with, with myself as a man. And, and the second you feel that way, women are going to feel that as well. And so, yes, we can, I, we can connect with that part of ourselves, you know. And to give you an idea of what it feels like for a woman to be around a man who's really masculine, um, think you've all had a moment where you've met a woman and to be around her just made you, it wasn't just a sex thing. It was like a, like this very primal feeling. Like when you're around her, like you want to protect her and you want to, you want to touch her and you want to, you know, it's very primal. And it's, it's just, it's, it's in the way she moves. It's in the way she talks. It's in the, the really subtle things about her just makes her feel like a woman. You all must have experienced that before. And it isn't even necessarily that she was hot. And, you know, she doesn't have to be crazy attractive, but just something about some women just switches a, a switch in you. Now, that's that's what it's like to be a woman who's really connected with a feminine side or with a femininity. And you can imagine you want women to feel that way about you, which means you're going to need to connect with your masculine sides. It's going to be really critical for you guys. Now, um, some recommended reading, guys. Two books here. One is called The Male Brain and one's called The Female Brain. You know, for anyone who's interested, I've just kind of just, you know, I made you take it for granted that I know what I'm talking about when I talk about these radical differences between men and women. 
Um, the, the, these two books are they're amazing. They, they really give you this incredible insight, especially the female brain. It gives you as men an incredible insight into what it's like to be a woman. I've never read a book that so accurately just gives me this 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 perfect painted picture of what it's like to grow up as a little girl, as an adolescent girl, as a teenager, as a, as, as a young woman, as an older woman. It gives you this amazing insight what the feelings are, what the hormones are, what's going on in the brain. It gave gave me this crazy just appreciation for what it is to be a woman um and interestingly i owned the book the female brain for a lot longer uh for many many years i only bought the male brain a year and a half ago uh and what was crazy is i picked up the book the male brain and it was literally half as thick as the female brain <laughs> and i thought like how's that for a stereotype right like like we always joke about it but literally the male brain has half the number of pages as the book the female brain uh, so yeah, I thought you guys would appreciate that when they say men, men are less complicated, even, even the, uh, the medical research seems to agree with that, but yeah, that's recommended reading for anyone who wants to know more about that. Um, now what makes you irresistibly masculine? I mean, first of all, the question has to be asked guys, what is masculine? Right. And I know that the first image that often comes to mind is okay. Not necessarily a guy that's this muscly, but you know, your typical sports jock, you know, he, he's, 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 Dominant, he's aggressive, he's super confident in himself, um, he's muscly, he's got all this stuff going on. That's what masculine is, right? You know? And now, as I say that, some of you may logically say, no, I disagree. But in your heart of hearts, I'm willing to bet a lot of you kind of feel that's still what masculine is. You know, and, and often the, the image that, that, that we conjure to mind or that, that I often conjure to mind is of the silverback gorilla, you know, beating his chest with his harem of women. But is that really what masculine is and it's not um it's it's really not what an alpha male is either and i'm going to come back to that later on that's this societal misconception that that's masculine that's what women want it, it really humans aren't that type of animal um I'll, I'll more on that in a minute but if you look at uh, if you look at animals in the wild like silverback gorillas who have these dominant aggressive um alpha males who run the pack uh those species always have incredibly tiny testes and really small penises. Why? Because they're not competing with other males sexually. They're competing with them physically. So these big, strong bodies, aggressive, um, take control attitudes um, to make sure that they, 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 you know, like maim or kill or scare away any other males. And then they only need a small penis and testes to look after the women. Uh, humans, fortunately, are not shaped like this. So at a very raw, at a very primal level, you can see humans aren't designed to be this kind of super macho aggressive dominant male it's not how we're you know just it's not how we're shaped it's not how we're designed it's not how our genetic code looks you know i won't go into the science behind it all but it just doesn't add up that way you know society has given us the idea that that's what masculine is in reality i prefer rather than just masculine i prefer to say masculine sensitivity now what type of man do women tend to date tend to go after okay um at its simplest level, one of the biggest trends we see in society is that men date women, younger women and women date older men. And, you know, you can say, okay, well, that makes sense because, you know, as, as men, women, men are after women's uh, breeding ability um, and a young woman has, has a better, you know, better genetic profile. She'll be able to have more offspring, yada, yada, yada. But really, as a man, why do you like younger women? Well, she's hotter, she's younger, she's more virile. She's just something sexier about her, right? That, that's all you really put it down to, that there's something sexy about the girliness that can go with a younger woman. Great. But what about the other way around? You know, so the theory goes, you know, women like older men because they can take better care of them, they're better protectors, yada, yada, yada. 
But in all honesty, when you see women go gaga over a guy, do you ever hear them talk about how he's a good protector? Because it's, it's, it's quite a rare thing. You know, if you think about, um, uh, if you think about, say, George Clooney and you think about girls who are like, man, I totally do George Clooney. 20-year-old George Clooney is what, 50, late 50s? Uh, you know, a 20-year-old is going to say, yeah, I totally do that guy. Why? And it's not because he could protect her and look after her. There's more to it than that. And, 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 and one of the big pieces to this is that all the men you're going to find have a lot of the traits that I'm going to be talking about today. They have what's called masculine sensitivity. You see, it's, we, we often feel like there's two options. You can be a nice guy and get walked over by women, or you can be a bastard and treat women like crap, but have women be interested in you. The reality is those aren't the only two options. Okay. But what I tell you, one thing women really do want is they want a man with what I call backbone with spine. A man can stand up for himself. We'll be talking about this soon. Um, and a nice guy simply doesn't have that guys. A nice guy doesn't have spine, right? And a, a, a bastard, an asshole, he's got spine at least. And that's a very masculine trait. Now the older men get the less time they have for bullshit, the less they'll put up with from other people. Okay. Um, and so that makes men, that makes older men more attractive not just that, you'll notice older men have a lot of the traits that we're about to talk about. And older men, they're generally less emotionally closed off. You know, they've given up trying to be macho. They've given up trying to be king shit. You know, they're more comfortable in their own skin. They have a lot of these traits that go with being masculine. And that, that's what turns women on. That's what women are switching on to. You know, that's what they're wired to look for in a guy. So, you know, picture an older man when, when I go through this, you know, what are the traits that he stereotypically, not always, of course, in reality, but stereotypically, what does the older man have that the younger guy doesn't? Because they're the traits actually that you want to move towards because they're the traits that women are really being turned on by. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is boundaries, okay? Having really strong boundaries. Now, um, you know, of all the men, of all you guys listening right now, you know, obviously some of you probably feel already think, you know what, I feel really masculine. Others of you don't, you know, and, and I'm not going to ask for, for you to comment in here and say I do or I don't, but you know who you are, those of you who do or don't. And I'll tell you one thing for sure is that setting really strong boundaries and sticking by them feels good. It feels really dominant. It feels really confident. It feels really masculine. And, you know, women are attracted to men with strong boundaries, uh, women and children, funnily enough, are both attracted to people with strong boundaries. Um, women will, what they'll actually do is they will test your boundaries. I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, those of you guys who have been in relationships before, um, you must have experienced women poking you and prodding you and, and you know, I guess just, just testing you where you felt weakest. And in fact, testing you and giving you a difficult time when you were at your weakest. And at those moments, you probably felt like you probably felt like saying, "Woman, why, in God's green earth, on this day when I've just lost my job, or when I've just hurt myself, or when I've just gotten over being sick, why today do you pick on me?" And the reality is, women are picking on you because they want to feel where your boundary is. You know, even if you're weak, even if you're struggling, women want to find out. You know, at what point do you break? Where's your breaking point? Where do you stand up for yourself? You know, guys will often say, why do women try to take advantage of me? Why will women let me buy them a drink if they don't intend on spending the evening with me or if they don't intend to spend much time talking to me? You know, the reality is her job is to test where your boundary is. And if you, you've got a really weak boundary, you're, you're going to resent, well, you're going to resent her. She's not going to have any interest in you. But more importantly than all of that, you're going to resent yourself because 
you know, we all, we all are, we all have boundaries, but if you let people, especially women, but men and women and people walk over those boundaries, you feel weak as a human being. You feel a lot of frustration. You know, I'm sure a lot of you can kind of relate to this feeling feeling frustration because we let people, we let people treat us in ways that we don't think are appropriate. So, you know, boundaries are so critical. Um, women, women will only give you what you'll put up with. And that's the last thing I want to say, you know, I noticed that um, I have students who um, I have students who seem to have women treat them in a particular way badly over and over and over and over and over. A typical example might be a student who says to me, um, Damien, how come when I'm on dates, how come girls are always using their mobile phone? I hate it when girls use their mobile phones when on a date. Right. And, and you know, I will say to them, okay, so you got to set a boundary, you've got to let them know you don't like that, blah, 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 blah. But I'll tell you something that's really interesting, guys. I cannot even remember the last time I was on a date and a girl ignored me to use a mobile phone. And yet it happens to my students all the time. Now, why doesn't that happen to me? I want you guys to ponder that for a little while because the reason is that women will give you what they think you will put up with. The same applies to those of you, and I don't know, my clients, my students, the guys I work with, um, if they walk up to a girl and she ignores him, that's always his fault. Women don't ignore me. They can tell me to go away. They can tell me that I'm interested. They can tell me to get lost and go to hell, but they do not ignore me. Why? Because they know that I won't put up with it. But you can imagine if I go up to a girl and I'm really, my body language is shrunk up and my shoulders are hunched and I'm a bit nervous and I walk up to her, I'm like, hey, how are you guys going? I'm communicating with my body, with my voice, with, with, with everything, with my eye contact. You can ignore me if you like. And you know what? Sometimes they will. And that's just a, a kind of a few examples of where that, that applies. You know, women will give you what you'll put up with. If you have really strong boundaries and you know it, um, that's going to change your body language. It's going to change the way you look at people. It's going to change the way you interact with people when you feel totally confident in your boundaries. And, and all of a sudden you'll find no one will even test them if they're that strong. So, um, yeah, uh, boundaries. <laughs> got to know what they are. You've got to know what your boundaries are, guys. I'll tell you some of mine, um, you know, for dates. Some of the things that are and aren't okay for me, you know, with women, um, one of them is what I call common courtesy, things like using mobile phones uh, when I'm talking to them, being late for dates. Um, 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 you know, I've got a lot of boundaries around uh, trying to play games with me, trying to manipulate me. Uh, you know, an example, and I'll come back to this example later for another reason, but, uh, you know, I was on a date with a chick a few days ago, and the what she was doing at one point was showing me photos of, in her phone of her home country. She's from Romania. And she was showing me pictures in her phone. And then she started showing me pictures of her ex-boyfriends. And, and this doesn't bother me. I'm not at all you know, upset by this. I'm not insecure or anything like that. But the reality is she's showing me those pictures to play a game with me, right? To try to, to, try to make me feel insecure or try to make me work harder to get her attention, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm not going to play into that. In fact, that's a boundary for me. You know, she loses a huge amount of points. Um, so the second she starts doing that, I change topics. I move forwards. I lose interest. I move on. Um, yeah, because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna feign interest. I'm not gonna pretend like this is normal or I'm cool with it or I'm not cool with it. 
nah, it's just stupid games. I'm not going to buy into it. So, you know, you got to know what they are. And each of you, it's going to be different things. You know, for some of you, it could be a certain political viewpoint. For others of you, it, you know, it, it's certain types of behaviors. But you got to know what those boundaries are. Um, write them down and get really keyed into them. And whenever in your general life people walk over those boundaries, freaking well, tell them. Make a really clear point about it. And trust me, you do that a few times, you start standing up for yourself and going, hey, I don't want this. I don't like this. This isn't cool with me. Okay, it feels confrontational, a bit scary at the time. But within minutes, hours, you're going to feel more manly than you did before. You're going to feel more masculine and more alive. Really, really important having and setting those really strong boundaries. The next one, guys, is playing games. And I just kind of mentioned that with this girl playing games with me. Um, if you look at little children, young girls, young boys, um, and, you know, if you look at a group of boys who, uh, who, who, who are all playing with different toys, and one boy, there's three boys, A, B, and C. Boy A is playing with a toy, the best toy in the whole room. And boys B or C want to play with that toy. What do they do? Boy B walks over. And he just yoinks the, the, the toy away from boy A. Hey, I want this toy. Go away. Right? That's what boys do. I want, I go get. Girl. That's, I mean, that, that's, as, that's as typically, stereotypically male as you can get. Um, what do little girls do in the same conditions? Okay? Girl A is playing with the best toy in the room. Girl B wants that toy. What does she do? She walks over to girl C and starts making a lot of, she starts laughing and giggling and, and making lots of happy noises over there. Girl A gets curious, walks over to see what they're doing, wants to play the game they're playing. Then girl B walks over and starts playing with the toy that girl A left behind. Now, I don't want to, I'm not going to say, well, I am going to say, I'm going to say that women are more in their own space playing social games. And I don't mean this in a derogatory sense. Okay. I just mean that this is women, it's more feminine to want to maintain the social status quo and not create waves. And they do that by playing social games rather than just going for directly what they want to feel masculine, to be masculine is to be much less willing to play games and much more willing to just be upfront about who you are and what you want. Okay. But it's so easy uh, to get, to fall into this trap of trying to play head games with people. You know, she did this, so I'm going to do that. Uh, A great example um, from a, uh, um, a session that I was running, uh, yesterday with some of my clients, you know, one of the, one of the guys said to me, uh, you know, I was, uh, I met this girl last night, uh, last weekend and, uh, I, I was messaging her backwards and forwards last night and I, I messaged her a question and she didn't reply until the next day. So I thought to myself, well, then what I'll do is I'll wait another day again before I, I reply to her reply. Cause you know, um, you know, if she's going to do that, then I'm going to do the same thing. That's getting caught up in a game, okay? And that actually, it demasculinizes us. Now, another form of game is when we're lying, um, um, sort of lying or deceiving. Now, women always know, and I don't care what you say, women always know when you're lying, okay? Sometimes they'll deceive themselves or decide to let you get away with it. You'll be amazed how many times women let guys get away with deceptive behavior. They just won't call them on it. Okay. Um, now one of the big, um, one of the big bugbears that I always had with sort of pickup artist style pickup techniques was that because you're, 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 you're engaging in a type of deceit a lot of the time, a game playing. Okay. What happens is women, women will call you on that a lot of times. So if you try those type of techniques on a really confident woman, 
She's going to say something. She's going to make a comment that's going to make you feel about 10 inches tall. Okay. And those of you who have sort of gone out and tried to use pickup artist techniques in the past, I'm sure you've experienced this where women could just, the, the wrong woman could say something to you that just makes you feel like an idiot, makes you feel like a moron. And she can do that because she's calling you on your bullshit. But if you don't come in with bullshit, okay, if you don't come in with, with any lies, deceit or game playing, what will happen is she, she's powerless. She can't call you on anything because you're just being you. There's no games being played, okay? And, and when you play games, women slowly but surely lose respect for you. But more than that, you don't feel as much like a man when you're doing that. And that's so critical. We don't feel like men. We feel like men when we're going for what we want. You know, I'm a man. I see a woman I want. I'm going to go for it. You know, it's not like, hey, guys, did you see that fight outside? It's, it's no, get rid of that. Throw that out forever. Instead, you know what it is? Hey, I saw you over here and I wanted to come and say hello. I'm Damien. Bam. It's, it's direct. It's in there. It's not, it's not pretense. It's just straightforward. And women really carry so much strength. And it feels good to do that too. If, if you've never done it before, to be direct is such an amazingly liberating feeling. The other thing that guys tend to do is they tend to give mixed results. Uh, sorry, mixed results. They tend to give mixed signals. You know, and, and the most common mixed signal that guys give is, I wouldn't mind casual sex, but I also wouldn't mind a relationship. Um, and they kind of try to play both sides of the field. They try to be like, I'm a good provider, but I'm also, you know, I'm also fun and, and, and entertaining. And they try to play both sides because they don't know what she wants. Right, it's this whole mixed signal thing. You know, one of the most common complaints actually from women, because I've worked with women coaching them as well in the past. One of the biggest complaints from them is guys always give mixed signals. And the funny thing about giving mixed signals is it wastes a lot of time. Now, I'll give you an example of how that wastes a hell of a lot of time, guys. Um, you know, one of the things I, 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 I this massive lesson that I learned in, in my life was not to wait too long before telling a woman that I didn't want a relationship. So if I'm out and I don't want a relationship, I just want to pick up, I just want to have fun. If I don't tell them really early on, okay, I've got to tell them at some point, right? Because I don't want to get into a relationship. So what I used to do eons ago is I used to meet a girl in a bar, talk to her, be really fun, flirty, kind of, you know, hey, I've, I've got things going on. I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm an interesting prospect. Um, you know, and I'd get a number and I'd go on a date with her and I'd be on the date and, you know, it's all fun and stuff. And I'll say on the date, oh yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not really looking for a relationship. And, you know, seven times out of 10, I wouldn't see her again. And I think to myself, well, that's okay. It's because most women aren't interested in, in anything casual. But I'll tell you what's really interesting. When I instead in interactions, like when I first met a girl, when I'd approach her and maybe after five, 10 minutes of talking to a girl in a bar or a club, I'd let her know that I, I, I really love being single right now. And, you know, is this time when I could be selfish and, you know, I, I wasn't trying to get into a relationship right now because I want to take this time being single and just learn about myself. When I made that clear to her that I didn't want a relationship when I first met her, I found instead I only lost two or three out of every 10 girls as a result. Think about that there for a second. Not giving the mixed signals, okay, being more direct about what you wanted, got you, got me, what I wanted, far more of the time. Okay, women really appreciate that. And yes, I get it. You can be too direct. You can say, to, can go, I could walk up to a girl in a bar and say, hey, baby, I want to fuck you down for it. Not going to work, obviously. And it's rude and it's crude and it's, it's, it's just not appropriate. Okay, so there is a line. But you still need to be direct. You still need to be willing to make clear in general what you're looking for. 
Okay, don't get caught up trying to play those games, trying to get give the mixed signals because you're too afraid. And honestly, that's what mixed signals is about. You're too afraid to put on the line what you really want, which leads me to the next one, that women respect men who have the courage to answer difficult questions. Now imagine, I want you all to kind of imagine something for a second. Imagine, guys, imagine that you're out in a bar and you walk up to a girl. You see this gorgeous girl at the other end of the bar. And you walk up to her and you start talking to her and, uh, and she says to you, hey, are you hitting on me? What do you say? Right? Because I know a lot of guys will, will kind of backtrack and they'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure. I, I just saw you guys, you know, I just wanted to say hello and, you know, see, you know, they'll kind of, they won't, they'll be scared of being honest in that moment. And you lose so many points. There is so much power in that moment of saying, of course I am. Wasn't it obvious? You know, or something, or just being really upfront about it. There's so much power. Okay. But let's make it even more difficult. Imagine you go up to a girl in a bar and you say, Hey, how are you doing? Start talking to her. And she says, Hey, are you, are you practicing pickup right now? <laughs> you know, are you doing, are you doing a date? Are you doing an attraction course right now? I saw you with those other guys over there. What do you say? And I'll tell you right now, um, women know when you're lying. If you lie at that point in time, if you, if you fumble around at that point in time, you're a goner. You're dead in the water. But I've, because I've had clients have women say this to them because I get recognized in bars. And so uh, when women, and when the guys say what I tell them to say, which is, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm actually, I really want to change this part of my life. I always feel powerless around girls. I never get the quality of woman, I never get to date the type of woman I really want to date. I always feel like I'm selling for second best. And you know what? I don't want that anymore. You're being honest, right? You're being upfront and honest. You're not being crude. You're not being crass. But you're not trying to hide from the truth either. And when you do that, all of a sudden, women respect you. They trust you. And you feel more like a man in that moment than if you fumbled around and tried to dance around with the truth. And that's so very, very much important because women who really like you they're going to test you, as I've already said. And one of the ways they're going to test you sometimes, they're going to ask you difficult questions. Never shy away from the truth. Trust me, you don't have to be crass. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be disrespectful. But do not shy away from the truth. Women, man, women love it. They, 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 no men ever dare to be honest. Okay? So, you know, I just want to, I, I, I just want to put that out there because, my results, guys, my results, my success with women, the amount of women who were interested in me when I started being direct and started stop playing games and stop trying to, um, you know, fumble around with the difficult questions, my results with women went through the roof. Like they really took a massive jump. And more than that, my, my feeling about myself as a man took a massive jump as well. So you don't get caught up playing games um, and lying and deceiving or trying to dance around with the truth, guys. Uh, I, I keep repeating it because repetition is the is the mother of success here. Um, yeah, put this stuff. I hope, like you know, if you're you're listening to me, I hope you're 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 really absorbing some of this stuff, guys, because it's so critical. Um, the next thing, and again, I'm going really fast. You know, I'm burning through these slides, and again, the reason is because I know this is online. Um, if you guys have questions, uh, you could email me with questions. Uh, Damien at schoolofattraction.com.au. I'm not going to stop to take questions here. Um, I'm just going to get through this as quickly as I can because I want to give you guys as much value without without boring you along the way. Now, this the next point, guys, is the man is always willing and able to take the lead. P 
picture this conversation. A man and a woman are out on a date. And they're out on this date together. And the man says to her, are you hungry? And she says, I could eat. And he says to her, what do you feel like eating? And she says, I don't know. I don't mind. I'm easy, really. And the guy says, yeah, I'm easy, too. Is there anything in the area you might recommend? And the girl says, I don't really know the area that well. And goes, oh, okay. Well, maybe we could walk around and just have a look around. And the girl says, sure. And he goes, do you feel like going now? And she goes, yeah, I suppose. Think about this conversation that's taking place, you know, of the man. He's looking for permission. Am I allowed to have something to eat? You know, are we allowed to leave now? Are we, you know, shall we just look around? You know, no, he hasn't said what he wants. He hasn't taken control. He hasn't taken lead. The reality is most men feel most masculine when they're, will, when they're able to take the lead, take charge. You know, one of my biggest criticisms of guys on dates when I'm working with men is that they're always looking for permission. Am I allowed to? Is the subtext of the conversation that happens on so many dates. Okay. How should that conversation go? I'll tell you how that conversation should go. Okay. The man says, you know what? I'm really hungry. I don't know the area well. I don't know if you know anything in the area, but I'm starving. I want to try to find something to eat. Let's go. Let's go grab a bite to eat. Now, the woman can say, no, I don't want to eat anything. I want to stay right here. At which point the guy says, okay, fair enough. I'll get something later on. Nothing. There's, there's, no, there's no sort of man points lost there. Okay. Or the woman can say, yeah, sounds like a good idea. Let's go. Right? You're taking the lead. You're demonstrating you can make a decision. You know what you want, and you're going to take the lead on it. And she can follow, or she can say, no, I don't want that. And then he, he, can, he can then change it. He can then, you know, go along. He can acquiesce to, to her needs as well. But stop looking for permission. You know, stop trying to it's, – it's, it's such a typical thing that guys do. And I've got to admit, I, I, I've done this myself when I was a younger man so often. I'm trying to please, trying to appease. And this is one of the big traps that, you know, the quote-unquote nice guy always falls into. He wants to be such a good guy that he does everything right by her. Stop it. Stop trying to impress her. Stop trying to do everything right. Trust me, women don't want that. What they want – is for you to know what you want and just take her along for the ride. That's a man. That's what a man does, you know, and doing that feels good. You know, the next time any of you go on a date, just take charge, goddammit. Plan the date. Know what you're going to do. Know what you want to eat and just take her through it. If she doesn't want to eat there, if she doesn't want to do something, fine. It's not a problem, you know, then, then change plans. But, but just take charge in the beginning. Don't look for permission ever. Um, with women. In fact, with anyone, don't look for permission. Just, just right now, like make a commitment, all of you, you know, in your work life, in your personal life with your friends. Don't ask people, don't say, what do you guys feel like doing? Instead, decide what you feel like doing and tell the group, I feel like doing this and see if the group goes, sure, let's do that. Because yeah, a lot of us, a lot of you guys, you know, a lot of men are in this habit. And it's a habit that you want to break. And it's a habit that you can get into, not just with women, with every aspect of your life. So, yeah, getting willing and able to take the lead. Women, uh, an example that I often give to guys, by the way, a funny one, but it's very true. The perfect day for a man, let's imagine you, you've got a girlfriend. The perfect day for a man would be you wake up in the morning and your your girlfriend says to you, sweetheart, today okay, is all about you. Today, we're going to spend the day doing just whatever you want to do. Okay, for a man, that would be an ideal day for the stereotypical man. 
For the stereotypical woman, an ideal date would be a man, uh, 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 you wake up in the morning and you wake your girlfriend up and you say to her, sweetheart, today is all about you. I've got the whole day planned for you. Just things I know you're going to enjoy. So all you've got to do is get up, get some clothes on and come along for the ride. For a woman, that is an incredible day. And that's kind of one of the big differences between a stereotypical man and a stereotypical woman. Okay, And that isn't to say that it isn't sometimes nice to have someone plan a day for you. Don't get me wrong. I just mean, on average, most of the time, that's what a guy would enjoy. That's what a woman would enjoy. Okay? So, yes, you've got to be willing and able to take the lead because women really love that. Okay. The next thing, you've got to learn to act in the face of fear. Um, along with that image that I showed you guys earlier, you know, the muscly bound guy who's not afraid of anything and he'll walk into a blazing inferno to save kittens, um, you know, while doing bicep curls at the same time. Um, to be fearless is not a masculine trait. Um, to be fearless is not a masculine trait specifically. Um, what is what, what, what we do respect, okay, is people who will act in the face of fear. Because well, there's one thing I promise you, and that's that you're never going to stop being afraid of confronting situations. Um, I've been working on the, the dating pickup attraction stuff since I was 20 years old, and I'm 32 years old now. So 12 years. Oh my God, I feel old when I say that. But nonetheless, I've been working on this for a long time. And I'll tell you guys something. I'll tell you, if I'm out in a bar and, and I see a woman who is just my type, like, oh my God, like, like Latina, um, um, you, you know, that's kind of my type, the darker skin, got an accent, um, really fiery, really feisty personality. If I see that woman and she's just the right type of woman, I'm going to be scared of walking up and talking to her. I will do it, but I'm going to be intimidated. I'm going to be a bit scared. Like, whoa, I really like this girl. I really want her. Okay. So I'm going to be nervous and that's normal. Don't expect it to stop. Okay. The fact that I feel nervous going up to and talking to a woman I want to talk to or the fact that I feel nervous. Uh, well, I don't work in a job anymore, but you know, I remember the last time that I worked in corporate lands, you know, look before school of attraction, um, walking up to my boss to ask for a raise. Okay. I felt fear and to feel fear is not to be unmasculine. Okay. It's how you deal with that fear. It's what you do about that fear in those moments that you're scared that determines how masculine you're going to feel and how you're going to be perceived by others because women respect men who act in the face of fear. Now this means that for those of you guys who are really nervous and really shaky walking up to a girl to talk to her, you don't have to cover that up. You don't have to pretend to be super confident. It's not necessary. It's not necessary at all. The number of times I've sent guys in to talk to girls and I will get the guy to say, and it's not necessary to say this, but for his own exercise, I've gotten him to say to her, um, hey, you know, how's your night going? She, she, she'll say, oh, good. And then he'll say, you know, I've got to admit, I'm really nervous. You know, I don't normally go up to girls and talk to them in a bar, so I'm feeling a bit nervous, so you have to forgive me. But I saw you and I just wanted to say hello. That never, I've never seen that hurt an interaction with a girl before. In fact, when guys say that, I see women give him more of an opportunity to impress her than if he hadn't have said that at all. Okay. Women respect that. Women respect men who act in the face of fear. They don't expect you to be fearless. In fact, we don't trust people who are fearless. The only human beings who aren't fearless are psychopaths. Consistent pushing. Now, here's the thing. 
Now, you may have not heard of, heard of the locus of control, but consistent pushing of your edge results in complete expansion of locus of control. What is the locus of control? Your locus of control is all the things that you feel like are easy to do right now. So uh, it's easy for you to get up and fry an egg. It's easy for you to, uh, to hop on the train and go to work probably. All these things are in your locus of control. You feel complete control over these things. If we were to expand your, think of locus of control as a, of a, as a circle. There's a small circle with all the things inside the circle representing things that you dare to do. If you were to look a little bit right on the edge of the circle, the things that you dare to do that you feel in control of but just might be cooking a three-course meal for friends. It might be, um, um, it might be telling your work colleague that you don't want that 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 you don't want to go to their party um, because you're nervous of turning them down. It could be um, what could it be? For some of you, right on the edge might be talking to a cute girl, right? Or that cute girl at work. And if we go beyond that edge, okay, outside of the things you feel you have any control over, could be um, asking your boss for a raise. It could be telling a girl you think she's cute. It could be um, um, quitting your job and starting a business you've always wanted to start. Now, the interesting thing is that imagine that you have this, what we call locus, the circle of control, where the, the things that you, right at your edge of control is maybe, uh, is, is approaching a girl in a bar only if you've had like eight or nine drinks and you're feeling quite drunk, okay? That's right at the edge of things you dare to do right now. <clears throat> if tomorrow you make the decision to leave work, just just quit on the spot and pursue the business you've always wanted to do. So you, you just take this massive leap to do something you, you, you never normally dare to do. I guarantee you that within a few days, your willingness to approach cute girls in bars will not require eight or nine drinks anymore. Why? Because if you push yourself in any area, if you push your edge of things you dare to do in any area of your life, it's going to impact all other areas as well. You know, and I notice this in reverse all the time. I, the number of times I work with guys in, in, in the course that I, that I run, and I'll tell you guys about that program right at the end, but it's a 13-week program. And the number of times I watch guys at the end of the 13-week program, and all of a sudden they start radically changing their lives. They, they ask their bosses for raises. They demand raises from their bosses. They leave work to start their own business. They take all these radical changes in their lives they never would have dared to do. Why? because I push their, their, their edge in one area. And because I push the edge so far with dating and relationships and women, all of a sudden they dare to take bigger risks in other areas of their life. So yeah, pushing your edge, the edge of things you dare to do, pushing that consistently, the more you do, the more masculine you feel, okay? The more alive you feel, okay? Women, they see that and they love that, but more than that, just how you feel about yourself is critical. You know, so I'm not saying that you need to tomorrow, you need to do something you would never do in a million years, but we're willing to start pushing a little bit at the edges of things you dare to do. You know, don't live in a tiny little box, never changing your life, leaving everything completely constant because that's not living. That doesn't feel like being a man. And, and, and if you don't regularly push your edge of things you dare to do, okay, odds are you don't feel masculine. And again, this isn't, I don't say this to any of you to make you feel, to emasculate you or to make you feel bad about yourselves. It's not at all what I want to do. I want to help you. I just want to help you to identify with what I'm talking about here and why that's so critical. Um, have a purpose 
and a passion. I don't know if any of you have, uh, in fact, this isn't just important as a guy. Like we like this in a woman too. Um, you know, for a woman to meet a guy, and, and this relates a little bit to that point about, you know, men who are successful and powerful that, that I, you know, made a statement about right in the beginning. We'll come back to it. But, you know, women like men who have purpose and passion, men who know what they're all about, you know, men who know what they want out of life. You know, I've done a lot of testing with online profiles. And one of the things that causes women to respond more often is a guy who in his profile very clearly states what he wants out of life. Because women are turned on by that. A man who knows what he wants. There's, there's, there's something very sterile about a man or a woman who's very apathetic about life. Eh, life's okay. Eh, I don't mind. Nah, it's okay. Eh, this was all right. Okay. People like that are not sexy. They might be nice to be around. They might be friendly. They could be great friends, but they're not sexy. They're not attractive. Okay. Um, you know, and that goes for men or women. Okay. So you've got to know what you want. Um, you know, women are attracted to men who are passionate about their lives. You know, again, we are attracted to people who are passionate in general. We're just attracted to that human quality. Okay. The more you follow your passions and your purpose, the more that you're going to begin to feel like a man. Um, now, I'll tell you guys, one of the moments in my life that I most felt like a man was just before I started School of Attraction. I was in a relationship with a woman who was uh, eight years older than myself. And, you know, we were, we were really happy. We never argued. It was a great relationship. I had a fantastic job as a corporate trainer. And she wanted to start settling down and having children because, you know, her body clock was ticking and that's fair enough. And, you know, I always wanted to start this business teaching men dating skills because I, I really had a passion for this area, but I didn't want to be the absentee dad who had a new business to run and couldn't spend any time with his kids. So I couldn't start a business and a family at the same time. So what did I do guys? I left the relationship, great relationship to start a business. And I left full-time work, comfortable, secure work. I pursued my passion, my purpose with reckless abandon. And when I did that, guys, I never felt more like a man in my entire life. I felt incredible. Okay. I was sad to leave the relationship, but I knew it was the right decision. It felt amazing. So you more you follow that, the more amazing you feel. What is your purpose, guys? What are you passionate about? Now, some of you, that's obvious. Some of you can answer that like that. Some of you, it's not going to be so clear. And so those, of, those guys, you have to start exploring that. You know, start making notes. Start looking on meetup.com and have a look and see what groups, what activities would I like to try? Would I like to try photography? Would I like to try surfing? Would I like to try bushwalking? You know, start getting connected with the things that you might be or already are passionate about. What, what dent would you like to make in the world, you know, with your life? What, what meaning do you want your life to be? You know, maybe that is just to be an amazing father. That, that's okay. That's fine. There's nothing bad about that. Um, you know, if that's what you're passionate about, pursue that with reckless abandon. Okay. But for most of you, most guys do not pursue their purpose or their passion very much at all. 
okay? And not just to do with women, to live a happy life, okay? That, you'll, that you, you can say you are happy that you lived, okay? You need to be pursuing your passion. And you need to know what your purpose is. Now, this point here is one of the hardest to follow, guys. And, and I say this, I say this because I have followed this and I've been happy that I have. But these decisions have been some of the most grueling of my life, you know, that my purpose has to come before my woman. You know, I've got a picture here from Time Magazine, Life Magazine, okay? Imagine, imagine there's a war going on in your country and your country is being bombed and you know that you need to go to war to protect your family, your friends, your country, okay? You need to go and you need to fight. And your wife and, and runs out after you with a toddler in her arms and she says, please don't go, just stay here and look after us. You know, you might die and you leave us all alone. That's so selfish of you. Stay here with me, please. If he stays with her, how do you think he's going to feel about himself? He knows he should go to war and fight to defend his country, his family, and his friends. But he stayed behind because his wife wanted him to. How do you think she is going to feel about him long term? Because short term, she's going to be happy he stayed. But long term... Do you think she's going to have more or less respect for him? And this is so critical because in my younger life, I made this mistake and it really tore me up. It tore up my relationships and it really tore me up. Okay. The example I gave you guys when I left that partner to start a business. Okay. I never regretted that, but it was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make to leave a good relationship. And I'm in the midst of that all over again right now. Literally, I have a partner who is now in Bali, who wants to stay in Bali. She's running a business over there, okay? And I can either stay here and pursue my passion with School of Attraction and grow this business here, or I go there and be with her. And you better believe this is the hardest decision that I've had to make in a long, long time. And I'm making it because I'm going with my purpose. Because if I don't, I will lose respect for me. And ultimately, my woman would lose respect for me too. But it's such a critical one. And, and some of your biggest decisions in your lives will stem from this as well. If you never give up on your purpose in life, you will always have respect for yourself. And the people around you will always have respect for you too. And if you ever read any bi uh, biographies or autobiographies biographies of people you have a lot of respect for, you better believe their purpose came first as well. You'll never find someone successful who gave it all up. Okay, gave it all up, gave up the things they really wanted in life. You'll find successful people who gave up making money, but making money isn't a purpose, right? I would give up making money for the right woman. I don't care about money in the face of someone I really love, but I'd still want to make a change in the world. I'd still want to stand for something because there are things, there's a purpose I have and a passion that I have, and I wouldn't give that up for anyone. So I want to tell you guys, slighten the mood a little bit. I want to tell you guys three ways that men undermine their masculinity with women. Um, two very obvious ways, of course, are these two photos that I've picked up here. Um, you know, don't take selfies of yourself with a Hello Kitty camera. And whatever the hell that guy's wearing, please never wear that ever, um, ever. And if you do, don't, for God's name, have a photo taken of yourself. Anyway, three ways that men undermine their masculinity, guys. Um, one. Okay, men play aloof on purpose. That is trying to be cool, trying to play it cool. Yeah, like a girl's like, hey, how you doing? You're like, yeah, I'm okay. It's good, right? 
trying to play it cool, guys, is not... You know what playing cool is? Okay, it's being emotionally detached. I know that we talked about um, 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 emotional... Uh, we talked about masculine sensitivity before. Being aloof is to be emotionally detached. Now, to be emotionally detached, okay, serves the purpose, okay, in that girls with low self-esteem, okay, will feel compelled to try to get your attention when you play aloof. I said girls with low self-esteem. Now, that's all fine and well. If you want girls with low self-esteem to be surrounded by girls like that, go for it, guys. But I, myself, I want women who are intelligent, who have a high self-esteem, who have strong boundaries, who know what they stand for, who are comfortable in their own skins, who don't feel like they don't have to answer to anyone. That's what I want in a woman, what I call a high-quality woman. Okay. Um, even if it's just for something casual, I still want those qualities because I, if I'm going to have sex with someone, I want to have sex with a woman I respect. I don't say that to be to be to be I don't know airy fairy or anything like that either. It's just if I really dig a woman, if I'm really turned on by her in all ways, not just physically, okay, the experience, even if it's just something casual, is so much better than if I'm just trying to pick up girls who have low self esteem who are hot, but gosh, everything else is not attractive about them. Um, you know, so yeah, playing aloof and and like I said, anytime you close up emotionally, you are undermining your masculinity. And I know that sometimes flies in the face of what we think about when we think about a man being masculine. But in all honesty, a masculine man is also emotionally open. There's a difference. Number two, okay, men are just way too afraid of their own sexuality. Um, your guys, your men, you have testosterone flowing through your blood. Okay, and you know what? Testosterone makes us slightly more aggressive. And I don't mean aggressive like scary, beating people up aggressive. I just mean assertive. It makes us assertive. It makes us think about sex, all right? Um, if you take transgender women to men, transgender men, I'm not sure what the correct term is, but anyway, um, genetic, genetically born women who change their gender to men, okay, when they undergo like um, um, hormone treatment to get male uh, androgens, um, what happens is all of a sudden, one of the big things is they suddenly start masturbating a lot more. They suddenly start thinking about sex a lot more. And often they'll pursue casual sex more often than they used to before the hormone treatment. Okay. All these things begin to happen to women when they go on the same types of hormones that men have coursing through their veins. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are or what you want or what goes on in your heads. Yes, you should be respectful. Okay, because just because you are turned on, just because you're thinking of sex doesn't mean you have to inflect your desires on other people against their wills, of course. But you shouldn't be trying to hide it. You shouldn't be ashamed of it. Okay, and um, um, it's a big problem that we have in today's society is most guys are just too far down that spectrum. Yeah, I get it. Some guys are just sexually aggressive and they piss everyone else off. Okay, and they give guys a bad name. I get that some guys are like that. But do you think James Bond to use a stereotype, is afraid of his sexuality? Is he sleazy? No. Okay, is he afraid of the fact that he's turned on by attractive women? No. Okay, is he insecure about sex? No. Okay, he doesn't try to hide anything, okay? You can be classy and not afraid of your sexuality and open about it, okay? Um, really, really important point. It's something that's so hard. It's easy said, easy understood, hard to implement, I know, because this was a point I really struggled with as a young man as well. You know, I just, I was so scared of coming across as sleazy that I didn't want to say anything that could be construed as being overly sexual and scare women off. Um, I'm to be less afraid, be more willing to talk about it. Trust me. 
um, um, you will feel better and women will, women will respond to you better as well. Um, number three, okay, men don't share anything personal or emotional. And again, that's about it being emotionally shut down. Um, to be masculine is not to be emotionally shut off. I've said it a number of times. I'm going to say it over and over again. I am not afraid. I, I feel like I'm a masculine man. Okay, and I'm not afraid to tell people when I'm afraid, when I'm scared, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, okay? Um, I'm not afraid to let people know I'm feeling things because feeling things doesn't undermine my masculinity. In fact, when I share with women that there is a man inside of me who feels, who feels negative things as well as positive things, okay, and I can openly admit that and wear that on my sleeve, women trust and like me more than when I try to hide it. It can be a very hard thing to do for a lot of men at first, but sharing things, sharing things that are personal and emotional about who you are, not being closed off. Okay. It is hugely liberating and it connects you with, with the man you really are. I know it's not stereotypically masculine, but I'll tell you what, that is part of what a real man is. It's part of being human male is to feel those things and share those things with the people around you. And women will like you more for it. It turns you from a two-dimensional to a three-dimensional character. And if you've ever watched a, a movie made for women, you'll know women like complex characters. That's just how it is. <laughs> All right? No one's perfect. And if you try to be perfect, you're missing the point, guys. Now, I, I did say that I was going to revisit these questions with you guys, okay, these statements. So the first statement was, all women want the man who is the confident alpha male. Um, <laughs> Now, uh, hopefully I've kind of already answered that for you, right? I disagree with it. I disagree with this a huge amount. Um, human alpha males, like the alpha male, humans have alpha males, but humans are not the type of animal where the alpha male gets all the women. If you look at the genetic history of humans, it's just not how it worked. You know, we wouldn't pair bond and have marriage and all that stuff if we were wired to have dominant alpha males or step with all the women. Um, the way it works is that the alpha male, the alpha female wants to date the alpha male. The dominant strong um, woman wants to date the dominant strong male, okay? And they will get along really well. If you are not the alpha male, if you're not, if you're not the type of, dominant alpha male type, that's not your personality, you wouldn't want to date the alpha female. You, she would make your life a living hell, even if you could pick her up. It just wouldn't, it's not what you want, okay? We, 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 the goal of being attractive to women isn't about being, being able to pick up every woman. It's about being able to pick up the women who are suited to you and your personality type. And that's really important to put out there, okay? So, Whatever you are, like forget thinking about alpha, beta, omega males, whatever type of guy you are, okay, you're, you're trying to pick up women. You're trying to approach and attract women who are that type of woman, the type of woman who is well suited to the type of man you are. Then all you need to learn is what, how to attract her because that's the type of woman you want in your life, guys. You don't want to try to pick up all these different types of women. Sure, different looks, date women from different nationalities, all that kind of thing. But understand that personality-wise, you want the type of woman who's on your level. So no. And, and by the way, women who, who aren't the dominant alpha female often don't like the dominant aggressive guy. That's, that's not what they want at all. Okay, so it's, it's very much not correct. Um, statement number two, women are generally only after men who are wealthy and or powerful. Now, 
I know this is more a more complicated one. Why? Because if you think of all your wealthy, powerful friends or wealthy, powerful people you see around the place, they often seem to do really well with women. And you think to yourself, well, of course she likes him. He's got money. Um, yeah. Let me let me create a scenario for you. Let me let me say that um, that you have a female friend, and your female friend says to you, "Help me find a guy." The traits that I want this guy to have. This guy has got to be. He's got to know how to make take charge and take the lead. He's got to be confident in himself. I want a guy who is passionate about his life, who does things that he enjoys, um, who has a purpose. You know that he pursues, right? These are all traits that all of us would agree a woman wants in a man. Now, if you just had to look at a piece of paper that had data about someone, you couldn't meet any of these guys. What do you think, what trait do you think you'd look for as far as actual statistic, measurable factors about a guy would most likely find you a guy who's, who knows what he wants, good at taking charge, has a passionate life, um, um, is confident, um, you know, what trait do you think would, 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 in a man, would give you those factors? Someone who's got money, right? Someone who has a good job. Why? Because generally speaking, if, you've, if you make a lot of money, if you've got an amazing job, you are confident, you know what you want, you're passionate about your life, you know how to take charge, you know how to lead, you're not shy, you know who you are, you know what you stand for, right? The two usually go hand in hand, guys. Okay, men with lots of money and power didn't get there by being by by being wimpy like you know um, um, wallflowers. It doesn't happen. You know, it, it's a certain personality. Now, that isn't to say that um, um, every man who's like that gets wealthy, because that's not true. Because you could have a man who has all those traits and is really passionate about oh God, I don't know, saving the whales. You know, and he works with Greenpeace and, and has like two dollars to his name. Well, I'm here to tell you guys, he'd be just as attractive to a woman. As long as he's, he's, he pursues his passion, he knows who he is, he knows what he stands for, he's not insecure about himself, great. Okay, women are going to find him amazing. He doesn't have to be wealthy or powerful, but at certain traits women do want a guy, and that tends to come with wealth and power. Okay, but not always. It's not a necessary thing, um, um, you know, that it comes along with it. So remember, it's, it's often the personality. Now, I know some women are gold diggers. It's very rare. I don't see it very often, guys. Not very often at all. You know, I got into this stuff when I was 20 years old. When I was 20 years old, I was working six days a week uh, in a construction job helping my dad out because he got injured at work. Um, and I was earning 400 bucks a week and I was living with my parents. Okay. I didn't have much to offer. And yet I still did really well. Once I changed, once I really um, got this stuff in and, and became the man I wanted to be, even though I didn't have money or anything, I was still doing well. Why? Because I was the kind of guy women were going to be attracted to. I was, had learned to be that man. Um, statement three, being candid and open about your sexual desires is sleazy and you're best off hiding it from best off. Sorry about the spelling error. You're best off hiding it from women if you don't want to be badly labeled. Now, I've talked about this already. Um, do you know what's really interesting? That a lot of men, some men know this, a lot of men don't. Women are turned on when they feel sexy. Women are turned on, as in they get aroused when they feel sexy. So here's the thing, guys. If I if I can make a woman feel sexy without making her feel like I was being sleazy, okay, 
That is making her feel turned on. If I can make her feel sexy without her feeling like I was being sleazy or aggressive or rude, okay, that will turn her on. But I get it. You need to be, I mean, I can't just walk up to a woman and go, hot damn, you've got an amazing ass, woman. I can't, you know, uh, maybe I can. <laughs> I've seen it work, but it's not meant, to, I, I mean it as in that's generally not going to work. Um, and, and, and the reason is it's, not, it's generally not in the right context, you know. But if you, if, you, if, you, if you meet a girl on a date, like you've met her in a bar and you take her out on a date and she, you, you meet her and you say to her, you, you, you know what, you look, you look so hot tonight. Like, wow. Okay. That is not, that is good thing. That is you not being afraid to put out there what you're thinking and feeling, you know. Um, when I'm in interactions with women, there are times when I'll say to them, you know what, I, mm, I, I'm just thinking horrible thoughts right now. This whole conversation is just dangerous, right? Because we're talking about something that's sexual in nature in a conversation, right? So I'm letting her know that I'm getting really turned on right now, okay? And for her, that can be a turn on in the right context. All right. So it's something that's really important to understand that you're that, 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 that having sexual desires is in and of itself, not sleazy. You can do it in a sleazy way, but it's not sleazy. And in fact, if you do it in the right way, okay, it turns a woman on. And that doesn't mean she wants to jump, jump your bones right then and there. Okay. Not necessarily, but to, if you can successfully make a woman feel desired, okay, then you've turned her on. A woman likes, everybody likes to feel desired, but to feel desired is a massive piece of the sexual arousal puzzle for women. Okay. And you know, when I teach men about being amazing in bed, one of the great ways to be amazing in bed is to make a woman feel so goddamn sexy. Like she is, if you can really make her feel sexy, like, like ridiculously sexy, make her feel like the most incredibly hot woman on the planet of the earth, uh, the face of the planet. Okay. You're doing sex right. Okay, and it's not as simple as just go, oh, my God, you're so hot, right? It requires more thought than that. But, you know, that's just a little insight into, into the kind of stuff that I'll, I teach down the line um, in the programs when I work with men. But if you can really, really, like, convince her, make her feel that, you know, it can't be done with trite statements. You make a woman feel that, then she's turned on. And so that's so important. So, yeah, your sexual desires, they're not sleazy. They, sh they don't need to be hidden, okay? They need to be expressed appropriately, but they don't, need to be hidden right so um let's think what i want to do is i want to go through with you guys with a list of things that will connect you to your masculinity and this is actually a list of daily practices things that you can do from week to week regularly that will increase how you feel about yourself and guys i want to put this out to you all as a challenge pick at least three of these that i'm going to give you and do them do them over the next week Okay, and see how you feel after that, because I promise it will change the way you feel about yourself. You will feel more connected with a masculine part of yourself. Okay, number one on this list is a feminine woman. Remember I talked about sometime you're out and about and you see a woman, and it's not even about her being hot. It's just something about the way she moves, talks, and interacts, even the way she breathes. That's just feminine. That just makes you go, err, right? A woman like that, in that moment, you feel like a man, right? You just, she just pushes you right into that masculine space. So a feminine woman can do that to you. But what, what you can do daily, okay, that really connects you with that is at least one time a day. And I often say if you travel to work, do it in public transport. Okay, 
Take the time to feel the energy of the women around you. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, don't stare at women around you, but notice a woman nearby and just try to feel her energy. Try to appreciate her as a woman. Just try to feel what it's like to have that woman near you. What type of energy does she have? Does she seem cool and relaxed? Does she seem fiery and hot-tempered? Like, what type of vibe do you get from her as a woman? Just try to feel that. Try to connect with her as a woman, just from a distance. And it sounds so it sounds so intangible and, and unscientific, but doing that regularly, okay, it really gets you connected with a, with a certain part of your, your masculine being. It feels amazing. So if you were to do that once a day, or like on public transport every day for a week, at the end of that week, you'll suddenly feel more virile, more aware, and also more sensitive to the energies of the women around you. And that's going to push you deeper and deeper in your masculine. It's a really amazing thing to do if you've never done this before. Number two, okay, pursuit of what we want without guilt or shame. And I talked about this already to some degree, okay? If you, if you make a list of all the things you want in your life but you've never asked for, and you slowly make your way through this list. So let me say, let me give an example. Things you, you want in your life but don't ask for. Um, you want to tell your roommate that their room stinks and they need to clean it out because it's bothering you. You want to ask out that really cute girl who works at the cafe near your work. You, um, you uh, really want to ask for a raise at work. You, um, you know, the list goes on, right? If you make that list and you work through it, you start pursuing what you want and you don't feel guilt. Never be guilty. Never be shameful about what you want. It's a really important thing. Never be ashamed of what you want. Sometimes what you want isn't allowed, uh, maybe by law or by social conditioning, and that's okay. But don't be ashamed of it, right? So anything that is appropriate to do, do it and don't feel guilt. Okay, start making go, going through the list. It's a really big one. Three, okay, presence when a woman tests us. Um, hmm. uh, I said that women will always, always test you. Now, I have times when my, well, my ex-partner is, is you know, kind of the, the state of things now. But when there were times when she would really try to prod me okay, and, and poke me and, and, and test me. And she was a very dominant, strong woman too. So, you know, that would happen quite a bit at times. Um, I would feel my most masculine if I could remain unshaken by her in that moment. If I could feel annoyed and breathe deeply and let it wash through me, okay, and reconnect with just being present in the moment and feeling, feeling her energy of trying to test me as a man instead of being annoyed at her for trying to bother me. Right, with the moments when I could be really present in that moment, and not lose my cool, I felt more masculine, and that will always happen. If you can remain present when a woman tests you, you will feel more masculine. She will feel your presence, your strength as a man. Okay, so yeah, become aware every time you shut down emotionally, yeah, and and and, and want to lose your cool and reconnect with yourself. It's such a powerful exercise. Number four, ownership of our dark masculine side now guys every male has a really dark and evil and perverted side to us it comes with the territory of being a guy it doesn't mean that you've done anything dark and perverted it doesn't mean that you're a bad person it's it, it just comes with being a man okay it's the part of us that 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 
has 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 considered I would be would I be capable of killing someone or something? You know, it's the part of us that could be angry enough to tear someone to shreds, to bite their face off, to to to, to tear an ear off someone, like just really aggressive stuff. There is a part of us, all in every single one of us, that is capable of atrocities, that's capable of 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 you know, rape fantasy and all sorts of terrible dark things that we would never execute in the real world. Okay. It comes with, with being a man and it's different things for different men, but we all have this really dark side to us. Okay. And one of the most important things is not to be ashamed of that. And one exercise that's so, so, so liberating is to get a piece of paper and write down all of the most sexually perverse thoughts you've ever had. Like everything. I don't care what it is the most disgusting, shameful things you've ever, ever fantasized about. Write it all down. Read that list. Accept it. Okay, love it. Love it because it's a part of who you are. It doesn't have to be a part of what you do and execute, execute in the real life. You probably wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to actually do most of them in the real world. But accept it and love it. It's just part of that dark part of yourself. Okay, and then burn the list. So it can never be read by anyone again. It's private anyway. But just come to terms with it. Such a powerful exercise to do. Something else that can really help you get engaged is, is competition. Things like a team sport, like competitive nature can really bring out the uh, the masculine part of us. You know, so team sport can be fantastic for that. Um, and the last one, uh, you know, it's, it's often dangerous on the record, but I think a really amazing thing. Open up to yourself. What would you be willing to kill someone for? Not, not would you, would you, would you kill someone for? What would you be willing to kill someone for? You know, if someone hurt a family member, if someone raped my sister, I'd be willing to kill them. I'd be willing to kill them. Would I? It would probably be very unwise, right? Because me going to jail does not help my sister anymore. Okay, but I'd be willing to do it without guilt, without shame. I'd be willing to do it, right? What would you be willing to kill for? Okay, I have, there's lots of things I'd be willing to kill for. Whether I would or wouldn't in real life is a totally different thing. But to accept that, to connect with it, okay, is empowering as a man. Okay, because a lot of us, we're shameful of that part of ourselves, and you shouldn't be. Number five, okay, you've got to discover your life passion and pursue it with reckless abandon. Um, you know, you should be spending no fewer than five hours every week Okay, on your passion. Okay, and you're uh, on your passion or trying to discover it. Five hours every week. If you're not spending five hours on your passion, find a way to do that. Liberate the time. Okay, or you 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 are not living. If there's not passion in your life, at least five hours, five hours a week, you're not alive, guys. I made my passion my life, right? Uh, and I pursue that, and I, I will never feel never feel guilty about that. Now I'll never 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 regret it. Number six, okay, to ravish a woman completely free of social constraint or guilt. Now, guys, most of you listening have had sex before. Um, here's the thing. Picture the last few times you slept with a woman. Were you not spending a lot of that time in your head thinking about what you should do, what she's going to like, how she's going to feel if you do X, Y, or Z, um, what position you should do, how long you should wait till you take off this article of clothing, you're planning things in your head. And if I could ask for a show of hands, I'm sure I'd get a large showing of hands here because this is what we're all guilty of. And women are guilty of the same thing, by the by. 
during sex. It's, it's another matter. But as a man, we do this too. And there is something, one of the most incredible moments in my life um, was when I just finished a course on, on, on men's work, men's development. And one of my things that I had to do, I, I was, I was at the, you know, one of the, my goals was I had to find a woman, not just a, a cute woman, but a woman I genuinely liked and would like to date. And when I found her, when we first had sex, what I had to do was ravish her. That is just take her. Um, not like against her will, don't get me wrong, but I just had to go for it. I just had to just, mm, just have a piece of her any way that I wanted to just let loose and go wild and not think about what she wanted, not think about, you know, what the best thing to do would be, or, you know, how long I should wait or just go, just go and just release the wild part of yourself. And guys, I did that. And, and we just, the, the chemistry was off the charts. Like it was just, I just, I woke something up in her and, and I woke something up in me and it was amazing. And I, I never realized that most men have never had the experience. Most women have never had the experience of being ravished, just completely ravished with reckless abandon. And most men have never done it in their lives. Yes, there's a place for slow, compassionate, um, loving, lovemaking. There is, that is an incredible experience on its own. But every now and again, there is a space for just ravaging the shit out of a woman, just completely unleashing that wild part of yourself. So don't be afraid of that. And engage with that because that really connects you to something powerful. And you know what? You're doing her a favor too because it connects her to something powerful inside of herself as well. Okay. Again, when I say this, of course, guys, it's not about doing anything against someone's will, but it's about just going for it unless they ask you to stop. It's about just letting go. So powerful in the right moment. Now, guys, I'm so determined. Uh, you know, I've, I've covered so much in such a short amount of time so far. I'm really determined that you guys get this right. Because I'll tell you what, guys, the women that you bring into your lives will be some of the most important decisions any man will ever make. And I mean it. I really, really mean this. You know, um, those of you who have, a, who have been in a bad relationship before know what I'm talking about. Because the right woman will make you. The wrong woman will break you. Okay, and I've been with both in my life. I've had some amazing partners and my amazing partners made me the man I am today. I couldn't have done it without them. Okay. But the bad relationships, the ones I should never have gotten into held me back and hurt me dramatically. I think the woman or the women that you have close to you in your life. Okay. are more is way more important than the career you choose or how much money you make. None of that matters. It's about the quality of the woman. Why? Because she is your partner. Okay, the type of women, I mean, I know some of you just want something casual right now, but that's still being surrounded by a certain type of woman. Okay, and at some point, you're going to date one of these women. You're going to create a life or a relationship for years with this woman, if not a lifetime. Okay, and that is going to shape what your life becomes. So that's such a critically important decision. And I'll tell you what, guys, okay, men who are, who are single, for at least three years, okay, are 10 times more likely to need psychiatric help. They are 39% more likely to commit suicide. And I'll tell you right now that loneliness is the primary cause cited for depression. Loneliness can be debilitating. So I'm determined that you guys get this stuff. You know, um, 
you guys know about ostriches and ostriches they 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 don't want to see the truth they don't want to think about it they stick their heads in the sand and they don't want anything to change and i know some of the things i've talked about tonight has been really confrontational okay um it is i'm I'm confronting and saying you could be more of a man potentially i could be more of a man potentially don't get me wrong okay i'm not alone in this but but i'm saying this to you as well okay we can stick our heads in the sand like an ostrich and people do that but they don't do it alone. They invite their mates to stick their heads in the sand with them, right? Don't bury your head in the sand. Allow yourself to make excuses for a second-rate life. You know, make changes to this part of your life. I know not most of you aren't incredible with women yet, but the odds are you're really good at something. You know, how did you get good at the things you got good at? You know, some of you play musical instruments. Some of you play sports. Um, you know, the reality is you didn't just learn a musical instrument or practice basketball for a weekend to get good at it. You didn't, you know, great change doesn't happen over a weekend in a weekend boot camp. It's not how it occurs. Okay. Change, real change takes time. It's about slow, steady, consistent effort and work. And that's how real change occurs. Nothing, nothing, no amazing skill set comes quickly. It doesn't matter who's teaching you. Yeah. It takes time. All right. Um, you know, even even things that we're born with, because I know a lot of guys think that, you know, what dating is something I should be born with. As a man, I should know how to date. I should pop out of the womb knowing how to date. But it's not true. Okay, Even guys who seem to be good with women without help, they learned it somewhere. They, they learned the right lessons in life. Right. Um, and the same, of course, is the, is the case for an Olympic runner. We all know how to run. But an Olympic runner still practices every single day to be a better runner. And that's how he becomes really great at it. Okay, so the reality is that that it is not innate. It's not organic. You need to learn how to attract women. If you don't have the experience behind you, then you can't possibly be blamed for not being good at it because you don't have the practice and experience behind you. Um, um, You know, all these men, if you have a look at these guys up here, you know, you're probably going to recognize and girls, you're probably going to recognize a few of these people. This is me in the bottom right. You know, Anthony Robbins, top, 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 right. You're going to President Clinton, Robert Kiyosaki, Richard Branson, Serena Williams, Oprah. Okay. You know what all these people have in common? Okay. You know what all these people have in common? They all stood on the shoulders of giants. They all had coaches that took them to where they are. Robert Kiyosaki, hugely successful uh, author and, and property investor, is famous for having had an incredible mentor his whole life. He wrote a book about it. Uh, Serena Williams, Venus and Serena, both sisters, are famous for having had a dad who pushed them relentlessly to be good at the sport and coached them and trained them up. Um, When President Clinton found out he was going to be impeached, you know the first person he called was? Anthony Robbins on the top right, his coach. Why? Because if we want to be amazing at something, okay, we can do it alone, but it is so much harder. And almost everyone at the top of their game has a coach or a mentor showing them how to do that, how to, how to get the best. Why? Because a coach brings the best outness. I have always used coaches for all parts of my life. Okay. I don't want to waste my life. Time is the only thing we can't get back. And I don't want to waste time. I, I have a business coach, I have a fitness coach, I have a health coach, I have, I have a stylist that I use for clothing. Okay, I believe in experts. Why? Because to be amazing at, at something, it's best to find someone who's masters to help us get there. Okay, and a coach do, it stops us from letting ourselves down and taking the easy route in life. 
And all this together, guys, this is why I've created a 13-week Sincere Seduction Intensive Program. Okay, it is 13 weeks of consistent practice. In that is included 27 hours of theory sessions. Okay, 27 hours of theory. That covers everything, okay, from, from how to approach a girl, how to get phone numbers, how to create really amazing dates, how to create long-term relationships, casual sex relationships. It talks about how to – some of the stuff we've talked about here – how to keep yourself motivated when you're struggling. You know, we cover a lot of what you call inner game or psychology stuff as well. It's huge. And then, guys, there's 52 hours of practical sessions as well, 52 hours of every week going out, talking to women, getting feedback from coaches week after week after week. It's consistent work and consistent change. We have the most active community in the country. That is guys going out and practicing this stuff. Um, you know, any night of the week you go out, there are guys to go out with. Um, it is huge. If I go out to the city, I will run into past students all night and all day long um, because, you know, it's just this amazing sense of community and togetherness of men who just want to improve themselves without being sleazy, without being creepy, without playing games. They just want to be better men who are more attractive to women, and they do that together. It's incredible to be around. There is a personal mentor service. So not only do you have a coach, you also have mentors like past students who have done really well who are going to help you kind of find your way through this program. And then there's 24 hours unlimited phone support. The idea is, guys, in this 13 weeks, okay, you are going to be practicing relentlessly and you're going to have unlimited contact with coaches the whole time okay, to get an incredible result. Uh, the way that the program is so kind of structured, okay, every week you're going to have a two-hour theory. That's an online pre-recorded session. One gets released to you every week, a two-hour theory. You can watch that any time in your own time. Then every week, there's a live strategy session. So that's an online Skype session um, with myself, usually on a Wednesday evening. Um, and that's a one-hour session. Okay, That's where we're talking about what did you struggle with last week? What are you going to work on next week? What questions do you have? What went well? What went badly? You know, What can I help you with? Answering questions, all this kind of stuff. It's just about staying connected with you on a regular basis. I'm making sure that you're never left behind. Then, of course, we have the practical session with a coach. It's a live in-person session in the Sydney CBD. Uh, it's a four-hour session every single weekend. These sessions are held on weekends, days and nights. So it's a single, single four-hour session, either day or night, every week. And that goes on, guys, for 13 consecutive weeks. You know, that's, that's – God, it's, it's, it's like – what is it? I think if we worked out it's about 85, 90 contact hours with us. Um, in this program. It's incredible. It's massive. It's consistent. It's relentless. And I'll tell you what, we sure as heck fire get awesome results. But the thing is, guys, the skills that you learn here, okay, going to impact a lot more of your life than just your dating, okay? Because what are you learning? You're learning how to build rapport with people. You're learning how to connect with people. You're learning how to create likability. You're learning how to be playful. You're learning how to not be shy. You're learning how to be confident, you're right? So can you see job interviews, sales, um, networking? Yeah, there's so much power that comes from the skills you learn with us. It's not just dating. In fact, every month that we have an interview, that we have signups, we get guys who, who are doing this course for the skills they'll learn not to meet women, but for their jobs or for their careers. Yeah, it's so powerful for so many areas, not just dating. It's incredible. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone's – I'm sure a lot of you have been overseas before. And, and, and traveling is an amazing experience. You know, you, you go overseas and your life is different for a few weeks. It's this amazing experience. Life is just different. It's nice to escape from our daily lives. Things are easier and, and happier on holidays. Um, you know, and, 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 and we go on a holiday 
And the thing is that when we come back, guys, how long does it take before life is back to normal and nothing's changed? Hours, days. It's the problem with a holiday is that we go on these amazing holidays, but our lives ultimately never change. You know, what does a holiday cost? You know, an airfare to Nandi at the moment is, is $1,080, right? Accommodation for 14 nights in Fiji, right? You bet $150 a night at a, at a basic hotel, right? That's $2,100 for two weeks. Um, food and drinks for 14 days, let's say 40 bucks a day. That's You can easily spend more than that, $560. Your activities budget for two weeks, right? You, 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 go, you, go, you go swimming, you do, do a bunch of things, you get taxes here, some sightseeing, yada, yada, $800. Not hard at all to spend that. That's already $4,500, guys, for two-week cheap holiday in a cheap country, right? We pay this money because we want a change. We want to feel different. But I'll tell you what, guys, okay? I'll tell you what. For that same money, okay, you can do a 13-week program that will change your life for good, okay? Your life will be radically different forevermore. And I'll tell you something else, guys, okay? To, at this, for this event and only for the next five days, okay, if you sign up for this program, you will get $1,000 off if you sign up in the next five days. Now, if you say to me, Damien, I want to do the program, but I can't do it right now, okay? If you make a, if you make a deposit, okay, of $500 in the next five days, you will have that price locked in right but okay there's more to it than this by the way there are discounts pretty good discounts if you join with a mate okay if you join with someone else there's some pretty good discounts there and there are payment plans available for this you'll have to ask me separately about those okay but here's the thing the program is a hundred percent guaranteed that means if you do a program with us even if you get the thousand dollars discount if you do a program with us and you reach the end of 13 weeks and you come to us, so long as you've attended every single session, you come to us and you say, Damien, I didn't get what I wanted to out of this program, we'll give you your money back. Why? Because I have no interest in taking someone's money without giving them the result they hoped for. But because I offer a set, this 100% guarantee, okay, this program is by invitation only. That means you cannot sign up unless you and I have talked on the phone first because I want to make sure you know what you should expect out of the program. I want to make sure that I feel comfortable working with you. I want to make sure you feel comfortable working with me. After all, you might be paying very good money. Yeah? And once we've done that, then I want you on board. The way that you'll do this, guys, you'll see on your screen. By the way, the next training date is on January the 20th. But I'm going to pop up on your screen right now. Uh, uh, an offer here. Where are we? You know, give me one second, guys. Put this up here. There we go. You'll see an offer on your screen, guys, right about now. So if you would like to um, speak with me on the phone, if you're interested in doing this program, the only way you could do it and get this discount is if you click on that link right there and fill in your name and so I can get in contact with you to arrange a time to talk with you on the phone. It'll be about a half-hour chat. Won't, won't happen tonight. It'll happen over the weekend, okay? The next training date starts on the 20th of January, okay? That's the first strategy session. It's a Wednesday evening, um, and that's when the next program's going to start. Uh, if you're interested in doing the program then or at a later date, I want to talk with you. If you want that discount, you're going to have to fill in that form now, 
um, because once this seminar is over, that form is going to disappear and you won't be able to get, a, get, get access to it again. Um, as I said, in, in, you know, this program, it's 100% guaranteed. Um, you know, I get messages from guys all the time telling me how radically their lives have changed. And, you know, I love what I do. The coaches that we have, they love what they do. We're good at what we do. We love seeing how radically different men become at the end of a program like this. Um, you know, but the reality is that you guys have to take that first step. I can create this offer. And in life, amazing opportunities will jump in front of you. And if you don't grab them by the horns, Okay, if you don't see that we're giving you a massive discount, an opportunity over Christmas to come on board with this program, okay, if you think this is something that you want to do, you need to get in contact with me because unless you take some action now, okay, nothing in your life will change, guys, unless you take action now. Now, that action could be implementing what you've learned tonight. It could be having a phone chat with me and doing this program. I don't know what that is for me, but please take action. You know, I've covered a lot of really great stuff tonight. And again, if you have questions, you've got to get, get, get in contact with me because I'm really passionate about this stuff. I won't be, I won't be uh, mean about giving you feedback or giving you answers to questions you might have. I'm not stingy with my information. You know, I really like what I do. And I hope, I hope to God that that comes through in this event here this evening, guys. So please use some of what you've learned. Um, you know, if you want to have a chat with me, again, fill in that form. Um, so that, uh, so that I can have a chat with you guys. Any other questions, please feel free to contact me. You can email me on Damien at school of And I'll get back to you with answers tomorrow. Um, thank you so much for coming along tonight, guys. I'll leave this room open for a couple more minutes to give you a chance to register, um, for me to give you. That's it. And thank you for watching today's podcast. As a high five for taking the time to learn today, you can head over to schoolofattraction.com forward slash sincere seduction audiobook, all one word, to grab the audiobook version of my award-winning book, Sincere Seduction, which is an end-to-end -end guide to approaching and attracting women. Take care, and I look forward to bringing you my next podcast.